You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. Well, if you're glad to be saved tonight, say amen. And it is great to be here at Victory Baptist once again. And uh, I love this church. I love your pastor. Uh, he is just such a blessing every time I'm around him. And uh, this church is, uh, the Lord's doing great things here. I can tell you, this is one of the bigger crowds I've preached to here on a Sunday night. Several years ago, we just got over COVID-19. And uh you know, people were still here. There was a few maskers in here and all that sort of a thing. And uh, might be some tonight. But I, uh, but we uh, got through all that. It came back the next year, and uh, the Lord's doing great things. And uh, I didn't see, uh, I was trying to find David Russ, and there he is. And uh, there's Miss Jen. Good to see you guys. And, uh, man, you made it uh, from California to Kentucky. And so they're on rehab. But anyway, you pray for them. <clears throat> Lord's hand on their lives, and uh, man, they, they need counseling. But anyway, uh, it is good to be here tonight, and I appreciate Brother Wells. I'm sorry I missed the opening of that. I'm never late, and uh, I mean, uh, never. We had to leave this morning, and I was walking out, and a lady said, here's, uh, Miss Bethany wants to tell you something, and uh, it's a lady who's been visiting our church, and uh, my wife Susan spent probably two hours with her a few weeks ago, and then Dr. Larry Brown came and preached for us, and uh, we had a church split, not really, but uh, not really, but uh, Pastor Brown came, and uh, man, he was phenomenal, and, uh, and preached a great message on shut the door, and then Miss Rhonda spent time with this young lady, uh, maybe a half an hour after church, and then today, uh, one of our ladies came in with her about halfway through the service, and afterward, uh, she came up and said, I got saved today, and I couldn't leave, and so I was waiting for her to talk to Susan, and somebody else was talking to her. I was going, I have to be in Roanoke Rapids. We have to be in Roanoke Rapids. We cannot be late to Roanoke Rapids, and so... I was late to Roanoke Rapids, but uh, pastor was gracious and said, don't worry about it. Uh, if you just get in there by 7.30 tonight, it'll be great. But uh, we pulled in, changed as quick as I could, forgot to put my belt on. <laughs> so if I get preaching, bad things might happen. But anyway, uh, we'll see how this all goes. Uh, Brother Wells, uh, uh, I love the deaf people. We had deaf people in our church in Atlanta, they were a blessing. And I mean, and, uh, they could sing and we had the, uh, the harvest group came in and they, they sang for us and signed. They were amazing. And one of our deaf directors and his wife came in to see me and uh, she's hearing and you'll see that a lot. And uh, the wife is hearing and can sign and the uh, husband is deaf, and hey, she does all the hearing and speaking for him uh, when he preaches. She really does preach, but she's not supposed to, and uh, they sit on the front, and uh, this in particular, I said, listen, you're hacking when you're preaching. I said, we need God, and we need this. I said, that's enough, but anyway, uh, she was a great preacher, but I mean, she, uh, she, would, do the, she would do the translating, and uh, they came into my office, and they were just so downhearted. I said, what's wrong? They said, we need counseling. I said, oh, you're really, what's going on? They said, well, we need help. I said, okay, we're struggling in our marriage. I said, what's going on? She said, well, we have a real problem because every time we get into an argument, 
he closes his eyes. <laughs> and I said, <laughs> I said, and he just shuts his eyes, and I can't say anything. I said, well, <clears throat> there are times I'd like to shut my eyes around you too. Amen. <laughs> she was our worked in our uh, she worked in our business office. She was our church piano player, and uh, she could you know we could have fun. And uh, I I started laughing. I couldn't help myself. And I said, dear brother, I just want to say to you, there are advantages to being a deaf man. And that kind of broke the ice, and they got, you know, it, it was just dumb stuff. How many of you believe this? Most marital conflicts that people get into begin with the most ridiculous things, the most mundane things. And, uh, man, I mean, uh, I don't know how you got away with that. I have never... Uh, treated my wife like she was the devil in public. But anyway, you're a good man, brother. And you're a great woman. And you say, yes, I am, but wait till we get home. But anyway, uh, that, was, uh, that was a blessing. And I appreciate that presentation and glad I got in for some of it. And uh, what, a, what a great song that was. And Brother Wells, thank you for your ministry and what you do for the glory of God. I want to speak for a few moments tonight on a message that has probably very little to do with missions, but if you'll come back tomorrow night and Tuesday night, you'll, I think, understand why I preach this message. If you stay home tomorrow night and Tuesday night, um, there is a verse that says, bad things shall happen to thee. But anyway, uh, be here in church tomorrow night. Don't miss, it's only two nights, a few nights extra out of the week. And pastor sets these times aside uh, on purpose that we can meet with God, get stirred up about missions. Uh, the Lord is always going to bless a missions church. We, uh, we put in, I mean, state-of-the-art security stuff all over our properties. I mean, there's better TVs in the church than I've ever had in my house. And I mean, really nice ones all over with screens and split screens and multiple screens. And uh, one of them has probably uh, 12 or 13 screens. And I, I said, that, that's about a picture of my brain half the time. I've got 15 things at once, but uh, you can see all over the buildings. And uh, those security systems cost, and I realized a few months ago, I think we spent more money on that than we did on missions this year. And I met the deacon and said, that's not going to be. So we, uh, you know, we notched it up in our fiscal year ends, and of course we did surpass that. And don't you know we had a lightning strike before a uh, pastor came up and preached for us, and I mean, it blew everything, all the cameras, uh, the internet, it blew out uh, our uh, screens in the wall, and we have those, and uh, you name it, it blew it out. It even blew the water out of the school. One of the water lines, apparently the ground was connected, and it shot through there, and I thought it was 100,000 volts. We have a corrector in our church. Do you have one of those? He's a corrector. If I say something, you know, wrong, oh, he'll say, oh, wait a minute, sir, and he, and he met me not because I said I think it was like a hundred thousand he said no try two million volts I said well God bless you and there are days where I wish maybe <laughs> maybe they would have hit him but anyway I didn't say that but uh, amazing guy but uh, man all that voltage went right through the ground and shot and just blew out all of our stuff 
and we're still getting all that fixed. And you know, uh, God has been good to us, and uh, most of it's paid for by insurance. You know, I wonder what would happen if we had uh, such a manifestation of the power of God in our life that he just took over everything we do. And I still believe that can happen. I still believe we can have a God-sent revival. And when revival comes, missions follows, always in that order, in the Old Testament and the New. When revival comes, missions will follow. Turn in your Bibles quickly to Psalms chapter 9. Psalms chapter 9. And I'd like you to read in verse number 17. I'll read before that a little bit. And let's stand together for the reading of the Word of God. I apologize. My wife Susan and our daughter Bethany could not make the trip. It was a last-minute thing. They had to cancel. She was so, uh, Bethany was so looking forward to see uh, uh, Jan and Grace and several other people here. That's all she's been talking about all week. But uh, we had to cancel out at the last minute, and you pray for them. They may drive down tomorrow. We'll see how that works. And we literally had to drive through here yesterday on the way home. Got home late yesterday, preached this morning, and came right back. And, uh, man, that storm that was, that was a blessing, I'm telling you, just driving through that. And then I got to drive back through it today, again, because uh, it went north. So we'll see. Maybe it'll skip now and be gone. Psalm 9, the book of Psalms, chapter 9. And I'd like to begin reading in verse number 13. Psalm chapter 9, verse 13. Have mercy upon me, O Lord, consider my trouble which I suffer of them that hate me, thou that liftest me up from the gates of death, that I may show forth all thy praise in the gates of the daughter of Zion. I will rejoice in thy salvation. The heathen are sunk down in the pit that they made. In the net which they hid is their own foot taken. The Lord is known by the judgment which he executed. The wicked is snared. In the work of his own hands, Higion, Selah. The wicked shall be turned into hell, and all the nations that what? Forget God. The wicked shall be turned into hell, and all the nations that forget God. I want to speak for a little while from this passage and preach a message that you will probably not hear on your favorite Dominion preacher this week. You will probably not hear this on an evening with Joel. You will probably not hear this on your favorite happy preacher. Don't get me wrong, I believe we ought to be happy once in a while. We ought to come up for air, say amen to that. I don't think that God has a premium on somebody who just carries a sour face all the time. But I do believe there are times where we must look at the Word of God and look at the world in which we live in the light of the, the Bible and to understand that the world that we live in is in great trouble. Whether they are deaf, whether they are blind, whether they are hearing and seeing, whether they're from, whether from another culture and speak another language, or whether they speak fluent English, we live in a generation of people that is in great danger. Right. 
because by and large, as a generation, we have forgotten the Lord our God. And I want to speak on the subject of when a nation forgets God. When a nation forgets the Lord. Father, thank you for the word of God. We pray your blessing to reside upon it. And Father, how we need the anointing presence of thy spirit in our midst. Thank you for the good missionary presentation. May you touch hearts and lives through it. And Father, may this add, may it strengthen, may it uh, embellish that which we've already heard. Thank you for your goodness tonight. We give you praise and glory together, for it's in Jesus' name we pray. Everyone said together, Amen. you may be seated. Thank you for standing for so long. Our text is a great well-known portion of the Bible. And if you study Psalm chapter 9, you will find out that in reality, Psalm 9 is a psalm of praise. It begins with a, a spirit of praise and adoration to God. We understand the fact uh, that you and I, as God's people, we have a lot to praise God for. How many of tonight, if I called on you, could muster up some reason to praise and thank God with your life? You could give God glory for what he has done for you. But the Lord begins dealing with this great subject of uh, forgetting the Lord. I want to speak about four things tonight. The first of those is this matter of forgetting. For the Bible said in Psalm 103 verse 2, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Do you understand the fact that repeatedly the Bible reminds us about this matter of not forgetting the Lord our God. We're not to forget the, his grace and how far he has brought us. Look at chapter 9, verses 1 through 4. He says, I will praise thee, O Lord, with my whole heart. I will show forth all thy marvelous works. I will be glad and rejoice in thee. I will sing praises to thy name. When mine enemies are turned back, they shall flee and perish at thy presence. Verse 4, for thou hast maintained my right and my cause. Thou, hast, thou satest in the throne <laughs> judging right. I can tell you, we ought to thank God for how far he he has brought us from. We ought to give him glory for the grace of God in our life. We heard it played tonight so wonderfully on the uh, on the guitars. If tis grace that taught my heart to fear, tis grace my fears relieved. How many of you were, are thankful for that day when God saved you by his marvelous grace when he reached down, some of us way down, and brought us forth out of the miry clay and set our feet upon a rock and established our goings and put a new song in our mouth. So uh, we should never forget the grace of God. We should never forget the goodness of God. In verse number seven, he deals with that subject. The Lord shall endure forever. He has prepared his throne for judgment. At verse 9, he said, Thou, The Lord also will be a refuge for the oppressed, a refuge in times of 
trouble. God is good, a very present help in trouble. How many of you believe that tonight? That God has been good to us. They're telling us that there's a new uh, realm, a new strain of COVID. I don't know where they cooked that one up. Some nut in some laboratory with a lab coat uh, very carefully like Bill Nye the science guy or some med scientist uh, I'm sure conjured up. Aha! Another strain. They said that we, uh, that we got it from a bat. If you believe that, you, you have a bat in your brain. Amen? <laughs> Understand the fact uh, they conjured it up and they turned it loose on purpose to destroy the last election and what a coincidence another one is right around the corner. And so who knows what new trouble the devil and his crowd is cooking up for us. But wait a minute. If we focus there, we're going to get discouraged and depressed. Why? Because we must keep our eyes on the fact that we serve a good God, a gracious God, and a God of all comfort. So we see we cannot forget this matter of forgetting his goodness, his grace, and his glory. Now we are to remember God and his grace at all times. In fact, if you study your Bible, you'll find more than 144 verses in your King James Bible uh, deal with the fact uh, of not, of beware lest thou forget the Lord thy God. That's what the Passover was all about. This is what the Jewish feasts were all about. This is what uh, everything that Hebrew men were to teach their children all about, that they would never forget the Lord our God. First Chronicles 16, 12, the Bible says, remember the, his marvelous works that he hath done, his wonders and the judgments of his mouth. We are to remember the Lord. Psalm 20 verse 7, some trust in chariots, some in horses. We will remember the name of the Lord our God. I went to the uh, inaugural dedication of the SS Levin down in the Baltimore Harbor. It was the latest and the greatest U.S. destroyer. I stood there looking up at that thing. It was amazing. And it was an awesome event. And they talked about how much firepower it has. And they started moving all the cannons around. And I thought, I'm glad I'm on our side. <laughs> Say amen to that. But wait a minute. You can trust in that. You can trust in F-22s. You can trust in F-15s. Or you can trust in the fact that we have a God in heaven who's far greater than any armament any man could ever conjure up. So they, uh, they were reminded never to put their trust in themselves, their chariots, their ability. In fact, if you study the Bible, you will find that Israel repeatedly, repeatedly forgot the Lord their God. They forgot him during times of prosperity. As soon as good things started happening for them, they forgot all about the Lord. They forgot all about where it came from. A dear man came to me and sat in my office. He said, Pastor, I need help. I said, what do you need, brother? He said, well, I've been saved and uh, you've helped me and I baptize him. Big old uh, handsome muscle man. Uh, 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 just, a, I mean, ripped, but a gentle man. Not a ruffian, not a bully. Uh, just a gracious man. And he said, Pastor, uh, I need help. And I said, what do you need, Kevin? He said, I'm afraid. I said, what are you afraid of? He said, I'm getting really, really wealthy. I'm making a lot of money and I'm afraid my money is going to turn my heart away from God. He said, I'm not sure what to do with it. I said, well, I, I could give you a few ideas. But anyway, uh, amen. And he said, he said, I've come in here. He said, I want you to help me 
He said, before I ever spend money, I, wanna, uh, I want you to have uh, authority over it. And I want you, uh, please, if you would, before I spend money, I'd like to call you and get permission first. And before I give money, I want to make sure it's okay. I said, I've got a better idea. Rather than me lording over you and telling you what you can and can't do with your money, why don't you pray about everything you do? And I'll pray about it. And if you're supposed to give money, we'll seek the Lord together. Never forget, uh, one morning, a missionary called in and needed $5,000. I prayed about that matter. I went to my secretary. I put on a note, $5,000. Put this under your notepad. She did. And she said, why? I said, just put it there. Uh, about a half an hour later, Kevin came in. I was gone. And, she, and he said, Miss Mary, I'm here, and I don't know why God has put it on my heart to give $5,000. And he, he said, here it is. And she said, that's amazing. She pulled that note out, said, Pastor said to put this under the notepad, uh, and God spoke to my heart, and I prayed that Kevin would hear from God. You understand, money and prosperity is a wonderful thing, but it sure can turn your heart away from God. We must be careful with prosperity. And God said, uh, in, in, even in Deuteronomy chapter 8, Thou shalt remember the Lord thy God. It is he that giveth thee power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant, which he sware unto thy fathers as at this day. And it shall be, if thou do it all, forget the Lord thy God and walk after other gods and serve them and worship, worship them. I testify against you this day. Ye shall surely perish. How many of you have anything of worth in your wallet or in your purse? How many of you have anything uh, of value in your wallet or in your purse? Let's be honest. Come on now. You're saying, I'm not putting my hand up. He's going to take an offering. Amen. Amen. Uh, I mean, anything of value. You have some money. You have anything. How many of you have a car out on the parking lot? Decent, nice car. How many of you have that? How many of you have a home that you live in? A nice home. We do. We have a beautiful home. You understand, whatever we have acquired, it is God who gives us power to get wealth. It is not ourselves. It is not our power. It is Him. And we cannot forget the Lord in times of prosperity. I still believe in tithing. Now, maybe you've been listening to somebody on the radio. My friends, tithing is not for today. Maybe not in your fake Bible, but in the King James Bible and the Word of God, we believe tithing is still not only an Old Testament, but a New Testament principle. And by the way, the tithe is not yours. The tithe belongs to God. We don't even give until after we tithe. And then we start giving to the things of God and to the work of God. Now, through times of prosperity and through times of pride. You know what God said? He said, now say in thy heart, my power and the might of my hand has gotten me this wealth. I've had people tell me that. They said, well, I pulled myself up by my bootstraps and everything I have. Uh, I work for it. I did it all myself. You see these calluses and see these hands? Uh, I wanted to say, uh, I'm not looking at your hands. I'm looking at your heart. I think you got more calluses there than you do on your hands. Do you understand? If we're not careful, pride will kick into our life and make us think that we have really done something great. How many of you have children? Man, they come in, look at me, Daddy. Look what I did. Look at this, Daddy. <laughs> and, uh, you know, that's cute when they're three years old. 
But when they're 35, look at this, honey. <laughs> look what I did. Uh, I love it, you know. Look at this grass. I mowed the grass. <laughs> you did so good. I've been watching children all day long. I'm about to lose my mind. You're wondering why I'm patting you on the back and burping you instead of hugging you when you walk in. And so, uh, yeah, you did so good. Look, notice the crisscross lines, how nice my, our grass is. Look how I trimmed and everything. Honey. Oh, oh, you're so wonderful. I cleaned our garage out one day, got it all clean. I mean, everything organized. Honey, look at this. My wife came out. We had kids. We had a house full of little children. She came out and said, that's, that's so nice. I'm so glad. And I said, I said, what's wrong? I said, I need help. Get in here. The kids were climbing all over the walls, and she could care less about the garage. I'm saying that we think sometimes that we are just, we're it. And you understand God looks at that, and God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace to the humble. So we see this matter of pride and prosperity. Now, when you forget the Lord, that's not the end of the matter. You see, that's only a first step of apostasy. When you forget the Lord, secondly, you'll forsake him. Forgetting leads to forsaking. You start turning away from God with your life. You ask the question, how could people do such unbelievable atrocities in the generation in which we live? I've been doing some studies on some of the mass murderers and people that are uh, shooting people up. It's amazing how many of them came out of strong, fundamental, Bible-believing churches like this one and even homes where they were disciplined properly and trained properly. But the problem is they turned away from God. They forgot him, and then they forsook him. Judges chapter 2, the Bible said in verse 12, they forsook the Lord God of their fathers, which brought them out of the land of Egypt and followed other gods uh, of the gods of the people that were around about them and bowed themselves unto them. And so this matter of forsaking God, forgetting leads to forsaking. Forsaking, you see, it's not done. This digression is not complete yet. If we just simply forgot about the Lord for a while, well, for God, I'll get back. And even forsook him for a little bit. You say, well, how do people forsake God? They no longer come to church. They use, you know, the latest uh, news flash as a reason not to come to church. Am I saying that uh, if we have another pandemic, that everybody ought to come to church no matter what? There are immunocompromised people. There are people who cannot uh, be in church and, and be around other people. We understand all that. There are provisions for such things. And we, we are, we're okay. Is everybody okay? But I'm saying by and large, when we start forsaking God, it gets easier and easier and easier. And it doesn't take long to get used to staying home. Well, what do you think, Thelma? <laughs> I don't know, Delbert. <laughs> what do you think? You think we're going tonight? I don't know. You feel like it? I don't know. I feel something coming on. <laughs> I mean, I feel a little crick in the back. You know, I'm a little down in the back, I'll say down here in the south. I'm a, you know, I'm a little, I feel like I'm going to be a little down in something. Yeah, me too, honey. Well, we'll get there next week. And then next week, it gets easier and easier and easier. The problem is it doesn't stop there. 
You see, forsake, forgetting leads to forsaking. Forsaking leads to following. When you forget the Lord, you start following something else in your life. There's a lot of voices out here. There are a lot of things nearby, not far from here. There are a lot of churches that pretend to be a church. They pretend to worship because they sing a lot of songs and they close their eyes and they pretend that that's worship. You know, there's no such thing as worship without sacrifice. There's no such thing as worship without giving. And we have a praise team and a worship band and this and that and the other. And there are certain songs that I personally enjoy that might not even uh, sing in church that are worshipful. And we, and we praise God for that. But that's not a substitute for attending church and the forsaking of the, of the assembling ourselves together. When you forsake, then you begin to follow. Now that's what's happened to America. That's what's happening to our nation. I love the Old Testament prophet Elijah. He was bold as a lion. I mean, you'd have to wonder what he was thinking. Say amen right there. I mean, he was something else. He was wild. He, was, he had a leather girdle. He was out of style on purpose. I like that. I mean, he found out what everybody else is wearing and wore something else, amen. And uh, maybe he was a, maybe a semi-hippie or something. I don't know, but he was different. And uh, he was not cut out of the same cloth one day God spoke to him and said, go, go show thyself to Ahab. And he did. And he said, King Ahab, there shall not be dew nor rain these years, but according to my word. Three and a half years, brother. Three and a half years. No dew on the grass. I mean, when you go out in the morning, it's a little moist on the feet, you know, and all that sort of a thing. We have a Maltese dog, a little one. And every sin I've ever committed has found me out. I got her for my daughter. It's a glorified guinea pig on steroids. And some of you know I'm not a big cat fan. Is that a nice way to put it? Everybody okay? We have any cat lovers here? Where are you? Where's all? All right, amen. And, uh, I mean, once sometimes they're, I like them if they're cooked just right. But anyway, I mean. Yeah, yeah, barbecued, fried, dipped in a little honey sauce. But I mean, and all of my cat jokes and all of my teasing, you cat lovers, you get a kick out of me with this dog. And this dog is obsessed. It's like it, it has separation anxiety. Wherever I go, it's got to go with me. It's on me. And it, it's, it has to sleep in my bed. It's with me all the time. And when I get up in the morning, and it wants me to take it outside. We go outside, and it has to be me that takes her out. I have to take her back in. I'm getting medication for this dog soon. I mean, really, this dog needs Xanax or something. I thought about a couple of Demerols, amen. <laughs> Whew, something else. So everything I've ever done wrong, it's all caught up to me. But I go out in the morning, and there's always dew on the grass. Even in real dry days, there was no dew. No rain, not a drop, an absolute drought. And that man of God said, I have prayed and I've turned the water faucet of heaven off and I could just hear it now, off, dry, nothing. Now he goes and shows himself to Ahab. They've looked everywhere for him. They had a warrant out for his arrest, dead or alive, preferably dead. 
They wanted him, they wanted his head on a stick. They hated this man with venomous hatred. And when it was time for him to show himself, the king said, Art thou he that troubleth Israel? And Elijah said, I have not troubled Israel, but thou and thy father's house, that you have forsaken the commandments of the Lord, and thou hast followed Balaam. He married a woman of Syrophoenicia, who was a very famous woman. She was a Baal worshiper. In fact, her very name means a queen of Baal. Her name is Jezebel. And if you're from the south, you can do Jezebel. Amen? But, and I mean, she's, she is, was the original, original Jezebel. He married her. And that was, this was a marriage that was made in the lake of fire. They were perhaps one of the most ungodly and diabolical couple the world has ever produced. And brother, this woman killed people. Anybody that got in her way, she poisoned them. She killed them. She knocked them out. And he said, you have forsaken God. You have forsaken Baal. I mean, brother, I've been to churches all over America and go in, you have a little stroller come in, there's a little mom pushing a stroller up and got a little pink black blanket in there and oh man, she's so cute and uh, how beautiful, how old is she? She's four months old. Oh, what a beautiful little baby doll. You look in there, what's her name? Samantha, Rebecca, Stephanie, Aspen, you know, Willow, all kinds of new names now. Uh, I've never one time, Pastor, not one time has one woman said, this is my little daughter. Her name's Jezebel. <laughs> Not too many Hillarys anymore either. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> but, but brother, they followed Balaam and they introduced the entire nation to this pagan icon that was produced uh, under the leadership of an ungodly group of people. It was a trending god. It was a trending idol that was going sweeping all through the Middle East at the time of that writing. And it came from Syrophoenicia and everybody was getting in on Baal worship all over that part of the world. And King Ahab brought it in because his wife imported it from Syrophoenicia. Now we understand following and eventually when you forget and you forsake. And when a nation follows the wrong things, there's always going to be failure without fail. Failure. Back to our text. The wicked shall be turned into hell and all the nations that forget God. Unfortunately, I don't see a parenthesis in there except the United States of America. And all the nations that forget God, except for the Bible Belt, North and South Carolina. No, he said, they'll be turned into hell because they're forgetting God. And they are forsaking him. And they're following the wrong things and failing. God said in 2 Timothy 4.10, Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world and is departed 
unto Thessalonica, Crescens to Galatia, Titus unto Dalmatia. Your pastor will never do this, but if he ever decided to share with you some of the people who have been in his office with hurt and heartache and brokenness, who made the mistake when they were in trouble, instead of running to God, they ran from God. Amen? When things didn't go their way, and a pastoral warning said, oh, please, notch it up. Get in church. Hit the altar. Don't let people cause you to run from God. Don't let hurt uh, just cause you to, to leave the church or get away from the things of God. Uh, learn how to put it behind you. Learn how to forget about it. Clara Barton, the founder of the Red Cross, and uh, was asked by one of her staff members, Miss Barton, do you remember that man that hurt you? She said, no, but I distinctly remember forgetting about it. Say amen to there. I mean, that's where we ought to live our life and keep our eyes on God and love him with all of our heart and soul and mind as Miss Bethany sang about, to love God and not forget his great name. Now, I believe America has forgotten. I've been to the Constitution Center in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. When I saw the Liberty Bell, it embarrassed my family. I was brokenhearted. I, I just wept. I started praying for revival right then. They said, Dad, you okay? I said, I'm sorry. I just knelt and prayed at the Liberty Bell when I saw the Constitution of the United States, the original, for the first time. I was moved when I realized how far we have departed and how far and how we have left off and how much we have forgotten our founding fathers and where we came from. You understand there are many, many instances and inferences or, or occasions in the Bible where we hear the Lord God of our fathers. The Lord God of our fathers. You see, what we have is a heritage, amen? What we have is something given down from God from one generation to the next. It only takes a few transgressors. It only takes a little bit to break that chain. It only takes a few uh, Absaloms to come in and steal the heart of God's people away out of the house of God. Uh, we cannot forget the Lord. America's forsaken him. Around the corner from our church is a public library. We're now one o'clock every Friday. They have Drag Queen Story Hour. I went over there. I said, this is not going to work. Amen. And I saw the drag queen. <laughs> That's a pretty good name. I thought about dragging that queen across the street. And I mean, are you kidding me right now? You're going to go in here and pervert the minds of these little children who don't know any better? You're going to tell these little six and seven-year-olds that, uh, uh, that they ought to uh, learn these things that you're doing, and I complain, and we sent in some letters to the uh, Board of Education and the county and all that, and eventually they stopped having that drag queen story hour. I don't know what all happened, but they shut it down, and I'm glad they did. Our next-door neighbor, little girl, a few weeks ago, I said, Hi there, Brianne. How you doing? She's, she said, Good. I said, how's school? She said, doing good. She's in second grade. 
She said, I'm going to have my gender reveal next week. I'm having my gender party next week. I said, well, that's good. You're a little girl, right? She said, oh, I haven't made my mind up. He said, oh, Brother Rossi, you shouldn't hurt the little girl's feelings. You shouldn't make her dad mad. Are you kidding me right now? Uh, I mean, whatever happened to boldness? Do I have an amen? amen? Whatever happened to God's people speaking up about what's going on in our society? Well, we don't want to offend anybody, you know. Welcome to my neighborhood. You can be Mr. Rogers all you want, but I'm saying it, it is time for God's people to speak up about what we see in this generation. The leftists and the liberals and the way out wackos are very, very loud about what they believe, and yet we're afraid to offend somebody and give them a track. We ought to be leading people to Christ all day, every day. Say amen. We have the gospel. We have the answer. I'm a little bit off track, but not too much. America has followed the God of this world. I'm working on a series on paganism in America. It's, it's extremely revealing. I'm not sure how much I can do with that. I'm not sure that people are really ready for that, how much paganism is coming into our homes on the television, on the Internet, the little children's stories, the little cartoons. We need to be vigilant. Amen. Amen? We need to be careful. This church has a Christian school on purpose. And I pray that the teachers are committed and convicted about taking a stand against the world. And America is failing. Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.